And we are back once again. You are tuned in to The Coolest Show on the Block. This is I Am Live right here on Radio Pulpit 657 AM. It is a beautiful Friday evening, so we do encourage you to be jolly. Find a reason uh, to be excited and reminisce on the week that you've had. There has to be one or two things that you can sit down and say, thank you, God, that I have overcome this. So thank you, God, that this happened for this person. Being grateful, thankful, um, and also approaching God with, from a place of being joyous is, is really, really a good practice. Uh, now, we're continuing tonight with our interview for the evening, which I'm very much excited for. I don't think we have uh, ever interviewed a, a, someone who has the preface of doctor on the show. Have we, Shah? Not that I can remember, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, so there's definitely a first time for everything. Um, So um, we're basically going to introduce her and then she's um, already on the line uh, where, as mentioned before, that we're speaking uh, tonight to Dr. Natasha Ross. How are you doing tonight? Hi, I'm very well, thank you. Awesome. You're most, most welcome. Can you hear us clearly? Yes, I can. I can. Awesome. Awesome. That's fantastic. Um, So honestly speaking, the work that you do, I find very, very um, interesting. Right. And um, I think I'm I was definitely thinking to myself the whole day today that I'm looking forward to hearing it from your point of Mm -hmm. view and also finding out what it is that actually um, inspired you to do this work. Um, So you are the founder of the Aquila Foundation. Yes, All yes. Right. So um, it's relatively, we're still young. Okay. Um, I, it registered last year in August. All right. Um, but it came as a, a long-time dream of mine. Oh, so yeah. um, growing up in a, a, a poor community, um, I know what, what the needs are, especially for a young girl uh, who wants yeah. to aspire to, to complete a degree and, and to get her goals in life. So... I wanted to be uh, the person that I needed when I was that age. So oh. I just felt when I got my first degree mm-hmm. and I walked across the podium, I felt like this this is my opportunity. This is my platform that I'm going to use one day to, mm. to make sure that I can help and get other young girls from poor communities to also walk across that podium and get their degree because with, with great reward comes great responsibility. So I felt like I had a responsibility to, to give back and to help make a change, even if it's one girl that I can reach and see that mm. she gets uh, goals in life and, and, and makes a difference, then, I mean, I will, I will be ecstatic. Yeah, no, I completely understand, hey? Um, so, uh, Natasha Ross is a chemistry lecturer at uh, the, university, the University of the Western Cape. Um, obviously, this is something, a journey that you definitely cannot do alone. Um, and now I want us to get into a bit of explaining what exactly the Aquila Foundation is, right? So I'm just going to do this little bit of a synopsis um, and then give okay. you the chance to just expand on it. So the Aquila Foundation aims to help uh, by empowering educationally challenged, physically handicapped and abused girls uh, through the ages of 12 and 18 with self-esteem and developing their cognitive, mental, physical and social skills in both stimulating and creative uh, ways. That is quite interesting. 
Um, and, and I think for me, being someone who uh, probably I'm, I'm speaking from the point of view of just a lay person. Um, mm-hmm. And if I'm looking and listening to this from, you know, like when you're window shopping and you're just looking at all the yeah. clothes inside and you're wondering, how are these made? Even though I know not everybody wonders that. Um, so <laughs> I'm, lo- <laughs> I'm looking at all of the things that you touch on and I cannot even imagine um, what process do you follow to teach someone self-esteem? And I understand develop, developing cognitive ability, but mm-hmm. social skills as well. But anyways, before we even get into that, uh, what does the Aquila Foundation mean? What does the Aquila in the, in the, in the name mean? So Aquila, um, I don't know. It's, it, it, the, the name just came up in my spirit. And, and then I was like, I need to find out what it means. And, and mm-hmm. when, I, when I got to the uh, definition, I was like, wow. This is, this is amazing because mm. it, it means being wise, to be wise. And that was, that was my dream from the start to help empower a generation of wise women who will make healthy decisions in their life and, and just, um, get the knowledge and skill that they need to, to rise above their circumstances and, and make a better life for themselves and for their families. But I yes, see. to get the wisdom and the skills to have an ability to love learning. And see where education can take them, but not just in in a professional sense, but also at, at the home front to make better decisions um, mm, mm. and to be role models for other women as well. So mm. yeah, it's, for me, it's it's about giving back, but mm-hmm. making sure that these young women then again pay it forward, and it will have a ripple effect, and then they will take it upon themselves that it's their responsibility now to help someone else in their journey. Oh yeah, I yeah. see. You know, um, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking to myself that, of course, um, a parent who is not aware of what exactly, um, let me not say not aware in as much as not skilled in the ability to, first of all, discern that a child needs to be taught social skills. Um, You know, often I've found, I mean, I've I've experienced this myself in my own circles. Like, I've found that there are parents who actually make the assumption that, their kids, you know how you'll have, let's say maybe if you have a number of kids, one of them, mm-hmm. one or two, you'll find that they're very social. Like they can interact with people, they can go out and actually do stuff, right? And then you'll find another yeah. one is a bit more reserved and more inward um, and is not very good at reaching out to others. Um, and I think it, 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 I, it, I came to the conclusion that often... Parents do assume, and obviously not on, not intentionally and not on purpose, that their kids will become the people that they were always intended to become, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to issues like being social. Um, you know, like I, I, I can imagine that if you have a child that is not very social and doesn't interact a lot with other people, you would assume that they're like that. And it's, it, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't become a first thought that I can actually teach this child to be more social and to interact more. Um, so what have you, what has been your experience in, in teaching or working with kids um, or young girls and showing them how to have social skills? It's, it's really interesting that you mentioned that because uh-huh. <laughs> the example that you met, because I can't, I'm the youngest of five kids. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, I, 
I grew up being an introvert. I was always the quiet one. I never engaged with anyone because my sisters and brothers, they were just the life of the party always mm. talkative. They make a lot of friends where I will have one friend or two, but yeah, I'm, I was not social at all. And mm. then I always knew that I don't want a job one day where I have to work with people. I don't want to. Oh, wow. And it's just strange how my life, how it just turned around. It completely didn't turn out the way I thought it would because, yes, I'm a, I'm a researcher, and, but I ended up being a lecturer. And, and I could once again see that there's a reason why. Because, I mean, there's, there's a something inside of me that I have to I have to give and I have yeah. to work with, with people. I have to and it was dormant for a lot of years because I thought this is not me. I'm not a social person. I can't talk with people. I can't deal with, with a lot of people. Mm, and mm. and once I started doing once I when I entered into my career, I was like, Wow, no, this is I I didn't know what I was capable of. I didn't know my potential. Oh, and it, yeah. it also through the um the mentor that I had in university from um, honors to doctorate, they always, he always pushed me to see that believe in yourself. You've got the skill. Mm, you just have mm. to believe in yourself because I was really shy. Oh, and and that's I what I'm trying, trying to instill in these, these young girls. Don't be afraid. Don't look at your limitations, but push yeah. yourself. You can do it. Don't, it's, it's what you tell yourself. Don't look at what the world, the opinions. Yeah. But you, and once you get over that hurdle, I mean, mm-hmm. it just get, gets easier. I never used to I think of being a person standing in front of a stage or a crowd of people, mm-hmm. let alone traveling the world and sharing my research. I never thought that it would be me. But once I got over it, it mm-hmm. just became better and better. And, and now it's like they have to tell me to keep quiet because I talk too much. So, yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. So I try to install that same kind of and but but you have to be gentle with them because there's a la- lot of layers that you have to work through because they it's difficult for them to s- to see themselves as a success yeah and to be that brave person so yeah it's it's a challenge but we we it's it's a working progress okay no i completely understand it's interesting what you say because you it sounds like especially from the perspective of you being an introvert it sounds like you are the little girl uh, or you were the little mm-hmm. girl that you started um, this foundation for. Am I correct? Yes, absolutely. That absolutely. is very, very, it's quite poetic and very interesting, honestly. Um, so I wanted to find out, like, are there, in terms of your how you grew up um, and how your experience of life has been, your what your inspiration or your motivation to do what you're doing with the Aquila Foundation um, is it is it in any way tied to your life personally, or is it through ex- mostly through experiences that you've seen around you of young girls no, who've been definitely. robbed of privileges? Uh, yeah. No, it's it's actually both. Okay. It's actually both, but most primarily it's from my own experience I because. See. I knew I always I I wanted to be everything. I I, I had dreams and my growing we were very poor and single mom. Mm. But we always she she always encouraged us to have dreams and um, so yeah. So I always knew I wanted to do something with my life. <clears throat> and then mm. once I got to to matric, um, I I said I'm going to university. I don't know where the money come came from, mm. but I, I managed to. 
to get into university. I just studied hard and uh, to get the high grades in order to qualify. And but I didn't know who to ask, where to go for advice, um, who to talk to. So yeah. I know the struggles that that young people are facing because they maybe don't even know what type of questions to ask, where to start. Exactly. So it's, it is a challenge, and then they just give up hope because. I mean, there's no one that they can talk to or they feel they're not reaching out to get help and advice. So, yeah, it, it came really from my own personal experience and the, the struggles that I had to, had to go through. So why not help someone um, mm, overcome mm. And, and not having to go through that? Because, I mean, there's a lot of looking back. I think there's a lot of things that I could have done differently or yeah. saved a lot of time and energy and tears if there was just someone who could have. At an earliest stage, told me, "Listen, do this or don't do that." Mm, so, mm. yeah, it's it's just that advice that you need, and and just that guiding hand to take you through that transition. Exactly, exactly. I think uh, it also resonates a lot with me because I remember uh, one of my darker periods. I call them dark. They so- it sounds very bad, <laughs> but it, it wasn't that dark. Uh, but I think one of my darker periods in life is when I had to go through the transition of moving from varsity um, and entering into the workspace. <clears throat> and I think what made it difficult was the fact that I wasn't able to find someone to sort of like help me understand what to expect on the other side of, you know, there's like a bridge that moves from varsity yes. to corporate world, but there was no one to help me understand um, what exactly am I to find on the other side. So there was a lot of anxiety, fear, and, you know, yes. certain questions that I was asking myself internally, like, am I even worthy of this yes. um, new journey that I'm about to embark on? Um, so I completely understand what you mean when you put it that way. And I can see that here, actually, one of your primary focuses is actually mentorship. Um, what does that mean? What does that mean when you say you connect young people to mentorship? Is it uh, from the perspective of connecting them with people who can advise them in life or yes. people okay yeah go on so yeah definitely it's it's um members of the community people mm. that can re- really positively um uplift these these girls so mm, mm. and also in concerning to the the schoolwork yeah. if there are areas that they are struggling with then you, you get um tutors in that can help them but most importantly it has to be members trusted women in the community mm. who can stand as mentors and and just guide them, help them make better decisions and just someone to listen to and affirm their dreams and, and their ideas and just talk about future with them. So that's just important to have women that they can trust and know that they can, when they don't feel well within their houses, they can go and, and chat to this person or that person. No, okay, I completely get you. Now, Charles, you have two boys, right? Indeed, I do. Yeah, no, no, you didn't get a girl, a uh, young girl, any of these uh, corona days, uh, coronial. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we, we're not having a coronial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to find out from you, uh, from between your, your two boys, do you notice um, in like a difference in terms of, uh, for one, is one of them willing to ask for help more than the other? Um, and then secondly, is one of them 
are willing to interact with other kids and with other people more than the other? Yes, uh, that's actually very interesting because the one that's willing to ask for help uh-huh. is the one that's not easily interacting with other people. And the one that oh. interacts easily with other people, who's the socialite, uh, is the youngest one. He's the one that never wants help. Never, ever, ever wants help. If you hand him uh, a fizzer or something, he would try his utmost best to open it himself. He doesn't want help at all. Mm-mm. Oh my goodness, that's very, very interesting. Hey, I would have, I actually was, would have expected it to work. I don't know if, if saying the other way around, not necessarily, but I would have expected the extrovert to be the one willing to ask for help, uh, yes. the one who connects with people easier. Um, it's interesting that the one who keeps away from people is the one who actually, um, and and I think the the, the fact that you brought that up. Um, and I don't know if you'd agree, uh, Natasha, the fact that you brought that yeah. up points out to me the fact that when you have an extrovert child, like I'm an extroverted child, so my mother would naturally assume that I have it easy, like I know where to find mm. help. Um, and I think with yeah. what, what Charles is talking about, it actually brings about a very important thing that you shouldn't always assume that your kids are okay just because they're the ones who are laughing all the time or jolly. Yeah. Uh, sometimes there are deeper underlying things that you might not be able to see. Is that something you've experienced? Uh, no, definitely. Because I, from discussions with some of the girls, I've, I've realized that some of them see um, asking mm-hmm. questions as, as um, a weakness. Yes, and not, yes. and that's not what it should be. Mm. Yeah, it, it should actually be seen as as, as a strength. Exactly. Um, yeah. So for me also, it, uh, I have a a four year old son, and <laughs> he doesn't. It also doesn't want help, but he's a, a completely extrovert, and and it's interesting to me because for me, I I'm the complete opposite. So mm. people wouldn't ex speak me to even speak or ask but yet I'm I'm always on the asking trend. <laughs> so <laughs> it's 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 for me it's important to get young girls or, or young people to ask for help to to see that it's not not a sign of weakness and, and just to talk. But they have to be in an environment that enables them to do so. Exactly. So they feel safe to to, to be to want to have a conversation. Yeah. And and you yeah. can't go directly at it. You have to be creative in the ways that you approach them and, yeah. and bring about a certain discussion. Yeah. So you can't yeah. really yeah go at it head on because yeah. sometimes you you scare them and then they just shelter off more. I get you. Now now I'm, I want to read these uh words of uh these are your words, right? Quoted um, if I'm if I'm quoting you wrong, you can say no, no, no. I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, you say here, uh, when a woman is educated, she becomes empowered to change not only her own life, but also the mm-hmm. lives of those around her, her children, her family, her friends, and her community. Um, and the vision of Akila Foundation is provoke uh, is to provoke young women to. Uh, in impoverished communities to have big dreams and equip them with the required skills and resources in order to pursue them. Now, I I find that very interesting because you know how the Bible talks about um, um, if you lack vision, you will perish. Yes. Because it sounds to me like when, especially when you talk about um, to inspire them to have big dreams. 
Um, it, it, it really sounds because I, I, I was actually thinking about this the other day, the fact that when you think low of yourself, your dreams will basically measure up with how how big you think of yourself. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to to find out from you, like, how do you go about encouraging a person who doesn't believe in themselves, who doesn't think highly of themselves to actually dream big? That must be it's, a challenge. Yeah, it is. It, it It is a challenge because many of them, strange enough, even students, um, not only the, the young girls, but students in university first years, mm. they they... They want to do something. They they just study, but yet they still don't believe in in a dream, in in the vision, in what they want to become. I see. Um, it's it's like you said. They it's um like they don't think they deserve it. Yeah. But it's or they're doing it for someone else to please mm-hmm. parents or, mm-hmm. or. But for me, it's important to help to step through stepwise just yeah. to get them to to think about a future that where they they are happy mm, where mm. they have overcome these challenges in, in in their lives but where they have the tools or the resources and the skills to mm. to change the environment around them around them but yeah, yeah mm. but they can't do it just by saying i, I just want to have the chick or i want to drop out yeah. it's like what do you have to make a difference? And you can't by dropping out of school, um, running away from your problem. It's not going to help, but you have to face it head on. But you have to work towards help your goal, which will help you, give you the power to do that, to make the difference in your life. So mm. it's not everyone, they, they still act, it's sad that many of them still don't know what they want to do with their life. Mm, exactly. But it's helping and showing them there's so much that they have to know what, what their passion are because they don't even consider those things, what their talents are mm, and mm. what they are good at and see, this is where it fits in. This is where you can contribute to, to the world out there exactly. just because of everyone's got a gift and, and that's what they have to realize. They've got something to give the world. Yeah. And that's how they will see themselves in that position someday. Yeah. Now, I just I just wanted us to close on on this question, right? Because I feel like particularly for your foundation, it is an important one to sort of explain. Um, so you say here, Akila is directed by women for women. And of course, that I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that includes young girls as well. Yes. Right. Um, and, and I want you to um, explain um, why is it that you primarily um, are focusing on young girls? Because I think, to my understanding, I feel young girls can tend to be at a more of a disadvantage than young boys in a more general sense. Um, and I just wanted you to to share: is it did you f- choose to focus on young girls because you personally understand the journey that young girls have to go through? Or did you choose to uh, focus on them because they are so disadvantaged in comparison, or is it both? It's it's actually both. Yeah, you could. Eat. Oh, um, I see. But the yeah, as a scientist um, mm-hmm. in my field, mm-hmm. I see there's there's still much to be done because the gender gap is so vast, mm-hmm. and I feel that a lot of women they they have to 
take care of their family. They feel that it's their responsibility to stay at home, have kids, and just just raise their family. Mm. But that's not what life is all about. I want them to to accomplish, get better in life, and and, and do more with their life. But I feel like in in, in general, more women need to step up in in STEM related um, careers, and and just get a degree because they can do the same as what any other male can do. So they have to see themselves in that position. But yeah, for me, the main reason is to see that gender gap and more women getting the professional degrees. Oh, yeah. And and because if if the woman is educated, that will just file down and and some their children will be educated and their children will be educated. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to start with a woman. No, I completely, completely understand. Um, now, do look out for uh, the Aquila Foundation. Um, as uh, Natasha mentioned earlier, that they are still a growing foundation, still going to be making strides, and they might at some point in time be impacting your neighborhood. Um, now, if anyone wants to get in touch with you with regards to partnering with you or understanding a bit more about Aquila, the Aquila Foundation, how can they do so? Um, they can reach me um, by email. Yeah. My personal. Uh, it's uh, info mm-hmm. at Akila Foundation mm-hmm. dot dot org. Okay. Info. Yeah. Dot Aki- at Akila Foundation. Oh, at yeah. Akila Foundation. Yes. All right. Uh, All right. And Akila is spelled A K E E L A H. Correct. Yes. All right, that's A-K-E-E-L-A-H. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining us, Natasha. Uh, are you thank also you coming so much. in from the Western Cape? Yes, oh, born so you... in Mitchell's Plain and then raised in Houston. Oh, so you and Charles yeah. are basically in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, thank you so yeah, much for joining us. Yeah, it was lovely tonight, joining eh? you guys. Thank you for the awesome show. Awesome, have a blessed weekend. You too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.